Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Drew Hodgson, you join us after a successful ankle surgery. I'm guessing it was successful ankle surgery. First of all, how are you doing? Are you are you mobile at all? Uh, I'm mobile as far as I have a scooter that I am rolling around on, <laughs> which is is it a kneeling scooter? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, good 100%. for you. We'll get yeah. to we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> A guy, I'm not going to ridicule you until, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah, from now. appreciate uh, it. Thanks. What? So JJ Watt's a guy that I'm guessing JJ Watt and all of his surgeries has had a scooter at some point, but he is now a free agent because the Houston Texans have granted him his release and he's going to be out there. He's going to be out there talking to teams and trying to figure out where he's going to be. I'm going to tell you the biggest question that people have asked me about this is okay how come the texans didn't wait longer try Mm -hmm. to get something as a trade for jj watt the simplest couple of answers i could give for that is one the idealist in me wants to believe that hey they're going to do right by jj and give him a chance to go be a free agent since he asked for his release but i'm not i that's only part of it I, i think it worked out for the texans that it was convenient for them to do the quote unquote honorable thing or do right by JJ because right. because JJ if he wanted to would have could have completely shut down any trade at all. Like and I don't I don't know if JJ I think he feels indebted to the McNair family for just all these years and but I, I don't know if JJ feels at this point necessarily obligated to Jack Easterby in the front office of the Texans to help them get some kind of a deal when they would probably end up cutting him at the trade deadline or after anyways. Yeah, of course. And and he shouldn't be. I mean, there's there's a very short list of players that I think should ever feel indebted to any team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm, it's I'm, it's I'm a it's like a half dozen guys, you know. I mean, that's there's none in there. Like there's a few that got really overpaid that should just give them high fives daily, you know, but it, that's that's about it. I mean, it seems to me that it ended about as amicably as you can expect, given, you know, the drama that's going on in Houston right now. Right. And look, the Texans could have tried to string this thing out, but I mm-hmm. get the sense that JJ had $17.5 million left on his contract. It was one year. And any team that was going to trade for JJ was probably going to, A, want to be sure that JJ wanted to be there, which would mean that, B, they would renegotiate with JJ, which means that C, 
they probably, if they get the sense that JJ is just going to not play ball, then he's going to be a free agent anyways. So we'll just wait and we don't have to give the Texans any compensation for him. So I, I think the Texans just basically, they, they, they were able to forego any of the drama, potentially airing of grievances or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, call me cynical, but I think that it just happened to be a situation where the upside wasn't there to the extent yeah. where it made it worthwhile burning that kind of bridge or yeah. looking that bad in the press when they're already just getting flamed probably locally. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't I don't know if they care. I mean, there's so much bad press in every step. Along the <laughs> Fair. Way. No, yeah. matter, no matter how many players or no matter what anybody says to yeah. Kevin McNair about Jack Easterby, it almost makes him more committed to Jack Easterby. The guy, the guy is a mess. Yeah. More control and power in a shorter amount of time without having without having any evidence to show that he's actually competent at his job. Somehow he is. It's a, it's a he needs to write a book someday. Honestly, if the Texans go yeah. one in thirty one over the next two years, Jack Easterby needs to write a book of how I dominated my personal life, dominated my personal business life with just absolutely no actual display of competence. Oh, yeah. I'm a cult, and so can you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, th- I mean, I uh, think yeah, that's, like that's, a, that's a non-murderous cult. Look, yeah. He pulled yeah, off totally. Jonestown it's... without actually murdering it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's astounding. One of, it's, one of the benefits of being a cult member is it's just very liberating. I mean, there's no responsibility. You don't really have to worry about what anybody thinks. Yeah. You can just fully, you know, let someone else advocate for every single one of your actions. You have no agency. It's, it's great. I mean, Cal probably just has so little stress now. It really, you know what? Honestly, we got to start looking at Jack Easterby as more of a hero because <laughs> many other successful cults that didn't yeah. nearly, that weren't nearly worth billions of dollars, like say heaven's gate. Those, oh, those wow. poor SOBs all castrated themselves before they went off on that comet. And, you know, and then they had to do the suicide thing, too. Yeah, your... he's, do, he's doing it relatively healthy by comparison, yeah, really. I, I know, as far as I can tell, he doesn't plan on murdering a single person. Now, yeah. if somebody does get murdered, it's probably, you know, Lord's will and all. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, and we'll feel bad about that. But, if, but it wasn't. That ends up happening. <laughs> look, look, but we'll take responsibility. We'll have egg on our face, and, for and sure. By that, I mean, I'll blame somebody else, and but I'll just keep skating <laughs> You know just like you read in Jack Easterby's book, always you know deflect responsibility. You know what it'll actually be like? Yeah, <laughs> Jack Easterby. Step two, deflect. <laughs> Step two, always deflect. Always. You know thanks, what? It'll, Bill, thanks, Bill O'Brien. It'll yeah. actually remind me of some of the nonviolent cults because the nonviolent ones are the ones that assist, uh, like sustain themselves over time. Oh yeah, um, look, sometimes you can Scientology. You, you do yeah. it well enough, you can become a yeah, flat out major religion almost. Right. So, so yeah, maybe Scientology or some of these doomsday cults that predict an end of times, like an actual date, and the day comes and goes, and yet and yet the cult persists. It's incredible. That in this we see this all the time. It's kind of that's the extreme version of this psychological phenomenon. Right. When somebody believes in something so thoroughly, no matter how stark the evidence is that it's not working out or that it's not true or that it was a fraud and a scam. It almost makes them double down on it. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Because they need to prove that they still believe, Oh, this is, this is just a test, right? Oh, you're, you're seeing it. That's, that's, what's been so interesting. I mean, you know, without going too far down that road, but I mean, just this social experiment of watching the Texans from the outside and yeah. seeing how it just seems like it mirrors everything else that's going on culturally. I mean, Cal is just behaving like half of our family members do with politics 
like yeah. half of our coworkers do, you know, when it comes to sports or anything else. I mean, and any, any evidence to the contrary, and it just causes them to double down. You know, I got to get more of that in my life. I just got to be completely so, so totally devoted to something that no matter what happens, I, maybe I'll do it. I'll do it with drugs or something because that's I mean, that's the other thing people do it with, they do it with drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, OK, I'll just something with I'll, no consequences. I'll, I'll get like drugs. On, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just get hooked on cocaine. And all these people try to tell <laughs> yeah, me to maybe. stop. And I'll yeah. say, no, it makes me feel good. Or at least my know, energy by this point, it just gets me back to normal. But it's uh, <laughs> you don't understand. You're you're being too judgmental. Seth, why are you waving your hands and gritting your teeth so hard? Because yeah. I'm committed i i also so jj now this is the other phenomenon that's going on with the texans for people outside of houston that might not understand or realize with deshaun watson and i was talking to somebody on the air my god i'm doing so many interviews all over the country now because people are so intrigued by this soap opera Mm. i think i was on in i think i was on in pittsburgh when they asked me okay what's it like with the reception for jj if jj were excuse me with deshaun if Deshaun were to go to a basketball game right now, and let's say that there were actually a full crowd in attendance at a Rockets game, would he get booed? And I said, oh my gosh, no. He'd be cheered wildly. Like 90% of our listeners, Good. usually when we poll, support support Deshaun Watson. Uh, because they're just, the the fans of the team are so upset with the way that the team has been handled for the last couple of years that most people say, yeah, I get it. Look, the, the team president wanted to leave. Deshaun Watson wants to leave. J.J. Watt requested to leave. The most talented people in the organization are fleeing en masse. So right. uh, there, that's that's probably one thing that people outside the city wouldn't understand is that, yeah, J, uh, Deshaun, J.J., those guys still have the full support of everybody. And, and I think it's more than just Jack Easterby. But I think at the very least, that's almost – that's the – that's the one big thing that a lot of guys feel like, okay, at the very least, there's no way in hell I'm coming back there as long as Jack Easterby is in charge. Yeah. I mean, well, who are the champions that are representing Easterby and, and Cal McNair's point of view like right now? I mean, right. there, there's, there's, it's the two of them. It's the people with really no clout with either the local media or the fan base. And then you have people like Andre Johnson and others who have a ton of earned goodwill yeah from the city of houston yeah who are who are dumbfounded by what's going on and like what side do you think they're going to fall on i mean it's you know it's really and i i know of what the excuses are every step along the way um the sports illustrated exposes on jack easterby came out and what people in the texans believe or at least people at the very top that are in denial want to say well oh that's all an agenda driven by fired employees and perhaps robert Kraft from the patriots which is fascinating because that's one of those situations where you'd say okay you know what i don't give a damn what the agenda is they're also interviewing current employees in in that article current employees have told you how they feel about it so let's say that's an agenda of somebody else or it's sparked or driven by somebody else it's it still doesn't matter that there are facts in there like verified facts in that sports illustrated article about jack easterby likewise i know with Deshaun Watson, there's a feeling amongst some that they think, oh, this is driven by David Mulligetta, his agent, to which I would respond, so the F what? <laughs> like, yeah. it's still happening. And and it also, to say that it's driven by 
Deshaun Watson's agent that it's his agenda. That's pretty disrespectful to Deshaun Watson himself. That's almost acting like Deshaun is some yokel that just got off the bus in Hollywood and some record producer takes him and puts him in dirty movies. You know, like uh, this this AC just doesn't know what he's doing. Where Deshaun is actually a lot more savvy than that. As far as JJ goes, what's your what's your most likely destination? That's such a good question. I mean, I, I did see a handful of, you know, what looks like some of the landing spots for him and every single one of them has a pretty compelling, yeah. interesting argument. You know, it's, 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 I'm not one to really get overly invested in landing spots for free agents like this, you know, guys like JJ, especially, I mean, I'd love to see a guy who's done everything right, win a championship, but every single spot seems like they can win right. pretty quick. Because well, okay, if we, if we go, if we say like um, the Packers, yeah, the I'll, I'll give you some of the top ones: the Packers, the yeah. Bills, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bucks. You're right. like those; those can all win. Put yourself in JJ's shoes, though, if you're thinking, okay, Green Bay Packers or Pittsburgh Steelers. For with the Steelers, obviously, he can go play with his brothers. But mm-hmm. nobody knows that Ben Roethlisberger can actually quarterback anymore. It, it, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Green yeah. Bay Packers, he has zero brothers on that squad. But the Green Bay Packers, as long as Aaron Rodgers is is there, is gonna there'll be Super Bowl contenders for the next several years. Yeah, he does have less siblings, I guess, on the other teams that aren't the Steelers. Except for the um, entire state of Wisconsin, who are that's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, emotionally. He's from Wisconsin, grew up, um, uh, grew up a Packers fan. Yeah, it, that that to me, I mean, this is, again, you know, it's 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 hard to say what's most important to him at this point in his career, but you have to think. I mean, a place like Green Bay, the impact that he could have there and the quarterback play that he's seen, you know, sometimes firsthand, yeah. Aaron Rodgers there, and he's going back to more or less his home state. You know, it seems like he's made it this long not playing directly with his siblings. Like He can probably make it a little longer just to ensure that he's got a better shot at it. It's a whole different... Man, it's a whole different dynamic than I can even relate to and and very few people would be able to relate to. He's had this experience in Houston of being an absolute hero. He's not yeah. just uh he's not just a star. He raised 40 million dollars for hurricane relief. He's he's almost literally a, I guess literally a hero to a lot of people and a lot of kids. The kids now, yeah. the kids that are the kids that are reaching adulthood grew up just crazy, crazy fans of J.J. Watt. The same way in Green Bay, when you grew up, Brett Favre was an absolute hero to you. Right. Or Reggie White, probably more significantly. And I feel like if he were to go to... So that's been his only experience in the NFL. Yeah. If he goes to Green Bay, he could potentially become that level guy in Wisconsin as well. Mm -hmm. Like his home state. Boy, now that I put it that way, I think I'll... I think the choice I'll make on behalf of JJ Watt is to send him back to Green Bay. <laughs> I think that's. I think he's going to be very receptive to that. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's a good. It's a good fit. And I don't. Sense. I don't think he'll think this way about the Steelers. But in my mind, where if I start to think about like protectively of JJ Watt, if JJ were to go to Pittsburgh, uh, a place where the expectations are very high, mm-hmm. and they can't find a new quarterback. Let's say Ben right. Roethlisberger is shot. Then all of a sudden it turns into potentially kind of an ugly situation where, where he's viewed as one of those 
expenditures on an aging veteran that didn't work out. And that was one of the mistakes the Steelers made at the end. And there, there's something about maybe JJ having the opportunity as at this point being a really long in the tooth experienced, respected veteran yeah. going to a team with a coach who's pretty young and new and maybe not having that same kind of, uh, I don't want to say accountability, but he, he's, you know, if he goes, if he's having to go, you know, mess around with Tomlin, uh-huh. In Pittsburgh, that's a different, that's a, just a different animal. I mean, I could see how it might be appealing to him to have more agency. Oh, to go to Green Bay with a young, yeah, yeah, with a younger absolutely, coach. With yeah. a younger coach. I mean, it's like, look at what he's been through with a lot, with, you know, the run of guys that he's had to deal with in Houston. I wonder, I, I, and I talked about this with my, my co-host, Sean Pendergast, this morning. I wonder what the conversation he'd have with Aaron Rodgers would be like. Would, would he ask, hey, Aaron, uh, by the way, you know, I see reports that maybe you're not so happy or thrilled with the way you've been treated. Mm-hmm. And is what's Rogers do then as like, does he recruit JJ? Does he tell if, if he does have any objections to the way he's been treated in Green Bay and he is a little bit disgruntled? Is he open with JJ about that? Or is potentially JJ coming on board one of the things that makes Aaron Rodgers feel a lot better about his situation because defense has been the issue? I mean, don't you think that based on your experience and mine, you know, much more limited, I guess, in the NFL, that you have to envision that conversation's pretty honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he would tell him very directly. I mean, look, I don't know if this defense is salvageable, in my opinion. I mean, maybe we're not as close as it looks. You know, you kind of saw what I mean, if 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 that's how he actually feels, I'm sure he would he would be pretty forthright about it with him and and kind of let him he'd want to steer him, I would think, somewhere where he thinks he'd be better served. I saw a tweet today from Texans Cap on Twitter, who's very good for a lot of salary cap information. He does some work for OverTheCap.com. But he suggested that he thought it was very possible that J.J. signs a a one-year deal with a lower cap figure, but a lot of not likely to be earned incentives. That's just a cap term. Uh, It just means that they wouldn't count against the cap right away. Um, And that that might become a tradable contract if – for some reason, it doesn't work out with the team. I I tend to think that because of the second part of that argument, that JJ does not sign a one-year deal because I don't think he's interested in going somewhere. A lot of people have asked me, hey, do you think he plays for minimum if he can go to a contender? The problem with a team that's paying you minimum is that they have absolutely zero loyalty to you or obligation to you. And when you're an aging player and you're 32 years old, all of a sudden if they're paying you minimum because they thought it was going to be a great deal, but like, Oh wow, look, Hey, this second round draft pick is really tearing it up. You know what? Screw the old fella. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I think that for one, there's that. And two, I don't think he's likely going to have to make a decision where only three bad teams are paying us, offering him good money. And there's one good team that's offering a minimum. I think he's going to have some pretty healthy offers from good teams. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'd be very surprised. He doesn't strike me as such a transactional thinker in in you know his his approach to how he plays and everything else. I mean, he just seems like much more of the kind of guy who I think maybe more like how we were, pretty idealistic in his approach to the team and yeah, um, trying to be part of that community. I don't. It's it's hard to envision him just doing kind of a a stopgap relationship with several teams maybe towards the end of his career just yeah just like chase carpet bagging all around yeah and, <laughs> right i don't think he yeah. wants that like and, and yeah. i think he he genuinely wanted to spend <clears throat> his entire career with one team so there's now you know he doesn't want to go whoring around just turn into some kind of team by team trollop late in his life no That'd be a sad yeah. story yeah 
the other guy that's related to this somewhat is Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson made a stink last week, went on the Dan Patrick show and did some interviews saying that he's he's tired of getting hit so much. And it turns out that the Seahawks management apparently isn't so happy with Russell Wilson. I I am going to decide on the side of Seahawks management here just because Russell oh, Wilson wow. is he's such a weird dude. And I could totally <laughs> see I could totally see yeah, Russell fair. Wilson like going to the media with this before he ever actually went to the team. Whereas Deshaun Watson voiced his concerns with the team beforehand and felt like, man, they are not listening to me. That's yeah. it. Screw it. I'm out. I feel like Russell Wilson saw all that, saw all the positive attention that Deshaun Watson was getting and thought to himself in Sierra, hey, you know what will get people to like me too is to somehow start whining about stuff and and, and, and blame it on the offensive line while I'm at it. Like, you right. know, because one thing, one thing the quarterback can't ever do is just like explicitly blame the offensive line. But he yeah. went out, whined publicly about it. As far as I can tell, didn't tell the team about it first and sold out his offensive line, who frankly, you know, they, they deserve a little bit of selling out. Um, I look, there's just no possible way he thought any, well, I guess he did think it through. He's just so detached from the way most normal people operate. I have zero sympathy for Russell Wilson. God, you, you have really just in one fell swoop convinced me to to side with management which is a rarity <laughs> in this day and age i'm usually very much all about the i'm all about the proletariat so i'm 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 surprised by that but yeah it's that's a really good point he definitely strikes you as i mean we've all played with guys that they're they're so good and they're so helpful to the team's cause but they're just so weird they just yeah. have like he's got he's definitely got he's kind of got crazy eyes Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't, it's like you never really know what he's actually thinking on the inside because at any given moment, it could just be something that's like too far outside the box for you to relate to. Well, do you know the movie A Clockwork Orange? Did you ever see that? Uh, I did. Okay. So the, the term A Clockwork Orange was this English term. So in the movie, I never knew this until I read about it years later. So for anybody who's never seen it, it's a movie basically about behaviorism where this, uh, this futuristic dystopian society, they try to train people out of their uh, evil ways by giving them aversion therapy, uh, trying to create this, this creature that just responds to stimuli and whatever positively. Um, but the, the term a clockwork orange is it's something like that looks nice and juicy and healthy on the outside, but on the inside, it's just a machine. It's just, it's, it's, it might as well be like a robot orange. That's what Russell Wilson seems like. He seems like a wow. clockwork orange, like on the exterior, you check off all the boxes, right? Like so happy good. marriage, nice smile yeah. says all the right things, religious but you can just tell there's something missing there. It's just, it's all clockwork on the inside. That's yeah. That's gotta be like chapter two of the cult cult book. You're going to write. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I completely, completely agree. It's like every conversation you ever have with them is only 50% genuine on your side. Cause you're just kind of like, I'm not really sure how he's going to react to any of this, but um, I'm just going to nod and keep going. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I mean, the thing about it though, he's still not wrong. I mean, he's not wrong, right? But it's just it's it's the way you manage that is. I could totally see that he, that's not the ideal way to manage it. It's not, it's not, uh, it's just not productive. So okay, let's finish up here. 
with I know I know both of our friends like or both of our friends. <laughs> like, I have I have one. I you have, have one. Two, yeah. I have two friends. Dude, if they got to if they got to meet each other, does that mean they zero out? And <laughs> now we each only have one. <laughs> no, I meant oh. you're my friend, oh. and I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. your friend. <laughs> That's we, we both like this. We've, We've got, got a total like of two friends between the two of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's hundred percent download rate. Friends of our friends of both of us, uh, our, uh, our 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 friends, independent. Anyway, um, yeah, they fine. like when we do some of these lists, these uh, these health lists. I, I so I found a short one because I needed to keep today's episode short. Three habits of incredibly healthy people. This is what mm. it is, Drew. You need to be doing these three things, okay. or you're a bum and you're gonna die by the time you're 37 years old. That tracks. I'm 39. Okay, two types. See, this is what you know what they do on these damn lists is they. They they give you a list of three, but the first item has two two items on it. So there's going to be four things. <laughs> right. Two, two types of physical activity each week to improve their health, aerobic activity, and muscle strengthening. So you need to do a brisk walk um, or some kind of moderate exercise for at least 150 minutes every week. What's that? Is that a 62 and a half hours? So two and a half hours. That's 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Wait, no, uh. 50 minutes. 60, 60, 120. Yeah, two and a half hours. Um, but that's. I mean, who is this? A brisk walk. Who is this for? This is uh, like oct- octogenarians, people going through menopause. This is any. No, 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 no. They found out, honestly, Drew, in a lot of different studies, they've shown that brisk walking is like one of the best ways to actually maintain weight loss. They did a, this huge study of people who had lost. 50 pounds or more or some uh, some uh, pretty large amount of weight or more and kept it off for at least two years. And by far the most common exercise that people did was daily walking because it's sustainable. It's it, it's not like, you know, doing your CrossFit and then all of a sudden tearing your Achilles tendon. Please don't sue me, CrossFit. And uh, and then all of a sudden be laid <laughs> up for a while. Yeah, I got it. That was like a subtle jab in my scooter. That's fine. Now, now jogging or running for 75 minutes every week. So if you do it more intense, then then that, that'll be good. At, and then muscle strengthening activities on two or more days a week. I feel like you check off both those boxes, right? Yeah, no, I got that covered. All right, this next one's a tough one. This might be the toughest thing you'll ever do. It's tougher than two-a-days, tougher than your, your CrossFit ankle-busting activity. Oh, uh, they, eat, they eat some kind of a green leafy vegetable uh, every day. Spinach, oh, that kale, was, collard that was greens. A, that was a dig. I'm a, I'm a green leaf guy daily. Every day? Oh, really? Every day. Good for yeah, you. Every day. I, I mean, I, I might, well, if I miss a day, it's not because I'm, you know, crushing hey, a pine ice cream. I eat a lot of vegetables, but the green leafies just hold no appeal for me. But so the, which ones are you eating? The vitamin K apparently is what you need in there. Well, okay, I eat a lot of I eat a lot of vegetables like zucchini. Um, mm. I guess I eat more fruit than vegetables. I eat <sighs> zucchini. I eat cucumbers. I eat the little mini cucumbers. I'll chew. I'll I'll eat those as like my mid morning and mid afternoon snacks because oh, wow. they fill me up. Um, but then I guess a bunch of legumes like peas. And stuff like that. I count that as I count that as vegetables. You, you're not a broccoli guy. Yeah, bro- I had broccoli and cauliflower tonight. Remember when Dan Riley used to eat raw broccoli in Ziploc yeah. bags? And that was a weird. That was kind of like serial killer move. <laughs> yeah, but- yeah. I mean, I, you know what I usually do is I make I make a giant salad. It like usually on Sunday or early yeah. on Monday, and I just have it all ready in the fridge to go, and I, it lasts usually the most of the week. Oh, and I'll do spinach too. I guess I do more green leafy than I thought. But the uh, the vitamin K is what you're getting there. Mm. 
That's one thing. If you take vitamin D, I know that some people say you should take a version that has vitamin K along with it because it helps absorb. I don't know. It's some crap I read. Yeah. Uh, oh, number three. Now, this is a big one. I tried this mm. this morning. This is something that I read like once a year and remember, and I try it for a couple days and then I forget about it. But it's completely true that you smile when you're not happy. Not in, like some psychotic, weird way. <laughs> But like I, in I a remember, clockwork orange kind of way. Yes, exactly. Like I learned this when I was in seventh grade. My seventh grade health teacher, Miss McBride, told us this because by then the, these studies had been done that showed that just smiling your body in certain respects, sometimes your body will actually work in reverse, like things that you do if you show outwardly happiness or relaxation or what have you, your endocrine system actually responds to that so you can fake it before you make it yeah i could see that yeah, yeah so let's see smiling is a human's most valuable gesture if used correctly this is from exercise physiologist and athletic trainer scott weiss happy people smile 40 to 50 times a day the average person only does so 20 times Better yet, you can fake it till you make it. Simply smiling, even if you're not really feeling it, can initiate and perpetuate a good mood and good chemistry naturally. That's a that's a big delta between happy and the average person. Yeah, yeah. Like you really you got to be at almost three times the amount to not be miserable. Well, you no, know, I don't know that number though. Too that's there's a little bit of okay cause and cause versus correlation there. I right. know they're arguing that yeah, you can actually you can actually cause the happiness through smiling. But when I take that and I hear that oh. Happy people smile 50 times a day. The average person only smiles 20 <laughs> times a day. So the reason the happy person is yes. happy is because they're smiling. They're so smiling much. more. That's, yeah, just, that's exactly. what you have to do. You have to yeah. smile. Stop being so sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Smile. Be- believe it. it. Will yeah. it. You can do it. Be it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I'm going to do, when I report back to you, I'll have eaten at least seven, seven doses of leafy greens by the yeah, time we dial talk back next to, time. Dial back the legumes. Hey, what was the TV show you told me to watch? You said you had just started watching something. I'm watching um, the end of the effing world on Netflix with Brandy. I am, and it's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it need started to check up. That out. Dude, I'm into all these damn British flicks. I gotta oh, watch yeah. them with subtitles because I can't understand what the hell anybody's saying. Oh, the unless, subtitles are a game changer. Unless they're aristocrats from modern England, every single one of them sounds like they're some Cockney from the 1700s. Have you tried a uh, Lupin? on netflix lupin that sounds like yeah. a new drug craze or something yeah yeah have you tried it bro no <laughs> it's uh it's a uh it's like a story about uh it's like one of the bbc kind of miniseries about a guy who is a thief and he's like robbing the louvre and it's like oh. sort of a yeah but it's all in french so you gotta get be dialed into the subtitles oh this but is what it was good you had told good. me you told me the movie Promising Young Woman. Is oh yeah, excellent, okay. excellent, really so good. Yeah, absolutely. Is that on Netflix? No, you got to pay to rent it. Oh okay, I feel but it's kind of. I feel bad for these movie stars. That's what I was gonna say. You I, gotta, watched that, I watched that George Clooney movie about the guy that stuck, oh, you know, the bad. last guy on Earth and everything. Yeah, that was rough. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it, and I knew Did that you? people said it was bad, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's new and it's George Clooney. And yeah. I didn't figure it out. There's a little bit of a surprise ending and I didn't figure it yeah. out. So I felt I felt stupid. You know what it is? Because I didn't figure out the end. Because I didn't figure it out, I kind of felt like, well, it's got to be a good movie because otherwise I'm just like <laughs> yeah. the moron that didn't figure this thing Which out. Which is impossible. Yeah. I mean, the, the, 
Uh, for sure. And the, pro- oh, the problem, son of a bitch. The problem. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, okay. I'm a, I'm a cinephile, but the, the, the problem too with George Clooney is that at this point, he's once you re- appreciate that he's only ever just being George Clooney in yeah. every movie, he's not really acting. He's just George Clooney in a coat. George oh. Clooney, George Clooney's cold. George well, Clooney wearing a nice, a nice suit. George Clooney. Like, and so it's, he's not really doing a whole lot, but he's just so charismatic that, you know, it usually well, that, that, that's most of the heavy lifting. Because I would say the same thing about Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, except that like Robert De Niro has done some of these funny roles later in his life where right. he's had to stretch a little bit. But even yeah. then, it's almost like a caricature of himself. It's only funny because it's Robert De Niro acting goofy. It's not like he's right. a good comedic actor. Yeah, because like, oh, wow. you know him as his persona. Yeah. Like oh, that's of- Robert De Niro not stomping, like curb stomping somebody. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. 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 Just uh, look at him. He hates Ben Stiller. But yeah. they do it. They do it with more, I guess. Charisma is not the right word. I guess panache. Um, George Clooney. George Clooney's a more attracti- attractiveness, actor. physical attractiveness. Is that where you were trying to? You think De Niro's more physically attractive than George? No, Clooney? I thought you meant George Clooney. That's what oh I'm no, George saying. Clooney's more attractive. Yeah, yeah. they all yeah. have charisma. But I guess, oh, yeah. I guess Pacino and the guy that I just said, I keep wanting to say Robert Downey Jr. Um, De, Niro? De Niro. Damn it! Yeah. Um, those two guys do it like more demonstrably, demonstrably, demonstrably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tough time. I think it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So but fine. Yes. Fine. Pretty you, promising. Yeah. Young yeah. Woman. I know That's you. A, fi- a you figured out six cents before the end of it too. I got it. You're you're Mr. Yeah. You're Mr. I know movies. I've seen this all before. Meanwhile, yeah. I liked the George Clooney movie. That's great. That's all that really matters, honestly. And I'll, I'll go check out Promising Young Woman tomorrow. Yeah, you should. Let me know. Let me know what you think about it. All right, buddy. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with me, friend. <laughs> hey, no problem. I mean, we're we're all each other has. <laughs> so, right, buddy, take it easy. All right, man.